Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me as ever here in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there, and yes, he loves the curry, it's Master Blywalker, Luke Bly, how are you sir? Oi oi, Savaloy, I am well matty boy. I am, well, well, I, I do love a curry, you're right. And a saveloy. Uh, yeah, and I love a saveloy, but I tell you what I do love, mate boy, I cool. love, I loves me a cheeky barbecue. Oh, yes, oh. get the coals out, boys. We were at a barbecue this weekend. It was put on by one of our listeners and one of our patrons and a uh, local boy, huh? Now, here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to get this right. Our, our boy, George Constantino. Kino, yes. Tino, yeah, got it. Constantino. Constantino, well, we, you naughty legend. We we found out that basically we've been saying George, it was in the most funny way. We've been saying George's surname wrong for like the last two years. Constantino. <laughs> I know, yeah. He, he, he basically got our heads and pushed it into the barbecue and was like, you keep saying that, lads. Next time your face will be in there. But he um very kindly organised a barbecue along with his Mrs. Becker. Uh, and invited us along and a couple of the other listeners um, and friends of theirs as well. And it was filth, wasn't it, mate? The food yes. itself was out of this world. But what a wonderful uh, little get-together that was. It was so cool. It was the first kind of thing we've done that's like that. Like a listener say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm doing a barbie. I'm doing a barbie. Uh, do you want to come round <laughs> and uh, have, a, have a few cheeky kebabs and that? And, and all my Wars days session. did... Did Georgie boy deliver on his Cypriot roots and give well, us some? Well, well, his missus was in charge of the food. George well, just said to look handsome. That's kind of true. <laughs> Out in him there. <laughs> that's kind of true. But no, it was great. It was great get together. Yep. Um, we obviously saw some other people there: Johnny, Sean, um, their other halves, respectively. Yeah. And it was just great. It was great fun. It goes to show, Matty boy, the power of community when mm-hmm. it comes to really our little podcast, our little slice of this fandom. So, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, we pride ourselves on the community that has been built because of this show and the wonderful people that are in it and its uh, gestures and gatherings like Georgie Boy and El put on, which, you know, make it all worthwhile. And that was a really, really nice thing to do. And we had a great time. So uh, check us out with our moustaches on the social medias. Um, but we also heard from uh, another listener this week who uh, sent us a nice little DM. Yes, we did. So last week we were just going about our business and I had to screenshot this beautiful message that we received. And it was from um, none other than, let me find it. Let me get it. I was getting ready for the barbecue. I was all week thinking about that meat. And then Lukey boy sends me this. It was like, the meat. I was just in the wrong Instagram, wasn't I? I was like, where is this guy's DM? Did I get the name wrong? Right. Okay. So it is from, (laughs) um, no, it's not actually (laughs) a good story for another time. Uh, Waylon uh, Sobania, Sobania, 
But either way, it's Wei Waylon. Waylon sent us a lovely message, and we just wanted to uh, quickly read it out here on our show. Uh, he says this, Matty Boy, you guys help me through my work every day, and it never gets old listening to the episodes. I'm 15, and I noticed your audience is mostly older than I am, but I'm starting to figure out the lore of the galaxy. Thanks for getting me hooked on Star Wars all over again. Smiley face. Waylon, you're an absolute legend. Thank you for that kind of message, mate. And I think it's especially cool that you are 15 and you're listening Mm -hmm. to this podcast. I think that's awesome, mate. Um, Mate, boy, isn't that sweet, mate? Isn't that sweet? He's aged me there by saying so. Yeah, making me feel old now. Been <laughs> as a fifteen-year-old yeah, lad right. writing, but yeah, no, it, this is a lovely message. Thank you very much for that, mate. And we're just pleased that, well, pleased that you listen for one. We're grateful that you listen. And you've got those wonderful ears. But any way that we can help anyone is, uh, you know, it means an awful lot to us because, like we say, we're just a couple of geezers with a couple of microphones talking about the galaxy far, far away. So honestly, thank you take, for taking your time out of your your busy life there, mate, to send that in. Yes, absolutely. And um, right, we got a lovely message. And what else that is absolutely lovely is happening this week? And did I butcher that? Was that bad grammar? Uh, I don't know. It, it was what a else link. is happening? It was a link. It was a link. What, 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 what else? I yeah, know. Naf segue. I know. Let's get past it. He envisioned what? that coming to fruition. Oh. Uh, no, that's even worse. Yeah, you probably guess what we're butchering. Star Wars Visions premieres this week, the night that this episode drops, or whenever you're listening to this, it will have already dropped, I imagine. But uh, yep, yeah, all episodes dropping in one go, couple of hours of anime filth for you all to feast your eyes on. We're looking forward to it, and we would love to hear what you think. So as soon as you've watched it, get on the old DMs or the emails, send us a message or a voice message or whatever you want. Um, and let us know what you think about visions but it's the next star wars project mate which is always exciting oh mate i do you know what i can't i can't wait i can't wait to because it feels like we've not done one of these in a while like i was thinking now it's 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 september now i can't help but think oh it's getting darker but it reminds me boy of mandalorian season two right last year dark dark getting up in the morning the best time bro loading up disney plus having a hot cup of coffee or tea and then sticking on manda oh come on yes come on and i might try and do something similar for visions i might be like look i'm gonna get up early and i'm gonna watch your i mean i'm saying it i'm saying this i probably won't but yeah you'll you'll be watching the clock mate I'll watch it on Wednesday. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just talking about that nostalgia, that nostalgic November, December 2020. And you got Boba Fett for that. It's Book of Boba as well for that, mate. Yeah, I'm going to check out Visions on Wednesday evening. I'm going to go and do a day's work, I suppose. I'm going to come back and I'm going to nestle down and just binge watch all the Visions in the evening. And, uh, bro, I, I cannot wait. As a precursor to everything we've got coming, Visions doesn't feel out of place. I can't mm. wait. So let us know what you guys think about it as soon as you watch it. Yes, please, please do. And there will be some uh, sessions coverage of that in the near future. And last but not least for this little introduction part of the podcast is, uh, do you know what? It, it, it's a really spicy little announcement, isn't it, Matty Boy? I'm really pleased to announce this. Should, do you want to do it together? Do you want to do it? Shall I do it? You talk for us. I talk first. You, talk first. you, talk first. I first. Uh, you do it. But you 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 can introduce this one, but I'll lead you in with this. Oh, mate! I'll have a little drinky. I'll have a little drinky. Go on, drinky. Mm. Right, guys. Mm. MCM 
Comic Con London. We're going to be there. Yeah. It's official. We're going to be there. Um, next month, the 22nd of October to the yep. 24th of October at the Excel Center in East London. MCM Comic Con, we will be there. We're going to be covering the event. Um, book tickets and come along. We're probably going to go to the pub. But we I, are. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make all of the days, but we're probably slash definitely will be there on the Saturday, hoping for the Friday, unlikely for the Sunday. Is that the same for you, mate, boy? Oh, mate, I'm hoping to be, I'm, I'm going to be there Friday and Saturday, mate. I'm yeah, living this, yeah. living this up Sunday. Uh, yeah, it usually winds down on Sunday. Uh, depends on, I say depends on, we'll, the guests haven't really been announced yet, so we don't know what the, uh, what the vibe is for Sunday. Uh, at the minute, we're, we're the guests at blind. the minute. <laughs> we're, but, um, we are yeah, going, looking forward, mate. We're going in blind, but stay tuned because there could be some Star Warsy goodness. There usually is, to be fair. There yeah. usually is. So I'm hoping for something filth. But uh, yeah, go check out the MCM Comic Con uh, London website. Just Google it. And uh, yeah, buy your tickets and we will see you there. We, and I'm sure, you know, when we're there, we're going to be going to the pub afterwards. And it's Turn usually on. lit. Yeah, well, so. I'll, be, <laughs> I'll be having my post convention points as well. So I'm looking forward oh. to that. maybe at MCM Comic Con October 2021. It wasn't there last year because of the pandemic. It's back again this year. And for the second event, we're going to be there as well. And we can't wait to cover it. So if you are going to be there, drop us a message and uh, we'd love to get you involved somehow. We'll be running around like lunatics as, as we were the last time. So looking forward to that. But I kind of feel like I'm all newsed out. However, we're never newsed out on this show because I can hear... The chimes of Big Ben Kenobi, which must only mean one thing, Master Blywalker. My boy, it must mean, it must mean, it's the Galactic News Round. Quantic Dream, the studio behind Heavy Rain and Detroit Become Human, are reportedly developing a Star Wars game as their next project, according to multiple insiders. Lawrence Kasdan is directing a new six-part docuseries on George Lucas and ILM, with James Newton Howard signed on to compose. The next wave of covers for The High Republic have been revealed on The High Republic show, including first looks at The Fallen Star and Midnight Horizon. And the first trailer for Star Wars Hunters has dropped, Featuring nine playable characters, the game will be released on Switch and mobile platforms in 2022. Hello, this is Ahmed Best. I am Jar Jar Binks in the prequels of Star Wars. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, which is probably the UK's best Star Wars program. Now, this week, we're joined by someone who is behind two of the Mandalorian's most iconic characters. Iconic for different reasons as well. She protects her eggs from a naughty little Grogu. And by the end of this conversation, you're going to know that she has spoken. It's Misty Rosas. How are you, Misty? Hello, I'm well. How are you? So very good. We're so glad to have you on the show this week, aren't we, Luke? Oh, mate, I am so excited to talk to the Kawil, the fish lady, uh, Misty. Right, oh, oh, yes, 
frog lady. So does anyone right. ever call you that in the street, Misty? Do they shout frog lady? And you're like, oh. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not yet. Probably for the best. Not, not yet. Not um, yet. I did Maybe. have a moment when uh, we uh, season one had just premiered and. It was back before COVID and we were, I was out with my roommate and some friends and uh, the party that was sitting next to us was talking about the Mandalorian and they were so excited. And my roommate yes. wanted to say something. It's like, no, nope, nope. <laughs> and we just will have a drink and enjoy ourselves. So was this <laughs> when, when the Mandalorian had released or while it was airing? When, when was that? It was literally probably a week or two after it had released because people were just uh, blown away and excited. And, you know, obviously Quill had been in the first two episodes. So mm -hmm. uh, wow. everybody was talking about the show and my roommates, uh, they just thought it was so cool. And they're like, can we say something? And it's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> wow, that is that is that's surreal. That is surreal. and that's the thing, Misty. The more this goes on, the less kind of uh, it, that that is going to happen. I think because people will recognize you. They'll be like, "Oh my days!" It's cool. especially the hardcore Star Wars fans. If you're going to be in like a city where Star Wars celebration is going to be, man. You're going to have yeah. to just walk around with sunglasses. <laughs> and the geeks will recognize you. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. So, Misty, do you want, I, I know that obviously you are uh, into acting. Um, you've got a great uh, CV of that. Um, and you also worked at Disney. Is that right? Yes, that was uh, actually my very first professional job. Uh, I got hired at 18 years old. Uh, mm. to be part of the original cast of Fantasmic. And that's where it all started, obviously, because of my height. I'm tiny, tiny, tiny. I'm only four foot nine. I was put into the character costume. So that was, you know, the very beginning of my training and learning how to embody characters uh, that are in suits. So. Wow. Which is uh, a skill, which is a, a talent, which has uh, stayed with you or enabled you to obviously get into these roles such as Kuil, such as Frog Lady. And um, well, obviously, I know you've worked well, worked on Kathleen Kennedy Productions before, um, way back when on Congo with, with my boy Ernie Hudson. Um, that was obviously produced by Kathleen Kennedy. So um, was that a contact that you kept up? Did you have any kind of... Uh, communicate relationship with Kathleen Kennedy after appearing in, in in those films that then made the phone call from Lucasfilm, you know, something you may be expected. Actually, no. Um, you know, obviously throughout the years, uh, we, I, I'd auditioned for certain things, but just wasn't quite, you know, right for the roles, uh, which, you know, I get that. That's part of this business. Um, but, you know, yeah, it was, it was kind of really nice to, I met her at the very beginning of my career. I never, I was in college when uh, my former gymnastics coach that I trained with as an elite gymnast, uh, the production company, obviously from Congo, reached out to him because they were having trouble finding the right people uh, to cast in these roles as the gorillas because it's, um, 
a very specific body type that they needed um, as far as height and uh, your upper body strength and physical and cardiovascular strength. It was just so necessary. So I, it was like this, a fork in the road and I just, I, was, got cast in that role and I loved it. And it's like, this is where I want to yes. be. And so it's wow. kind of, it just took off from there. And, you know, then after that film, I, it's not like I went backwards, but I went on to that trajectory, which was then going to acting class, you know, really continuing my dance class training, voice training, all of it. And so then to have lived so much life and, you know, come back around to then be a part of Lucasfilm and seeing, you know, Kathy again and stuff, it was really kind of cool because, like, <laughs> this a lot of time has happened and I've grown up and I am comfortable, obviously, in the on a film set now because I knew nothing when we were preparing and shooting Congo. It's just this crash course and... It was quite overwhelming, I will say. So, yeah, but it, again, an amazing experience. Oh, that is amazing. That's and it's cool. crazy how it's crazy how when we, we I mean, we've had the absolute priv- privilege of speaking to a few people who have been in Star Wars and the story seems to be like, oh, yeah, I've done this. And then I seem to have a knack for this, a talent for this. And then it's led to Star Wars, like the force guided you there. I really want to ask about the first time you got the call. Was it from an agent? Was it from someone directly at Disney or Lucasfilm to say, listen, we have a role in mind for you? Or how did the process go? Because I know it can be terribly secretive, can't it? Especially for the first live action Star Wars series. Yes, absolutely. Um, they, the production contacted my agent and I will say that it, it was a, a back and forth between my agent, me and production because they were asking for, and again, my agent was so frustrated with me because at the time I was really focused on my music and, you know, opening act gigs with Air Supply and she had asked politely many times for my, you know, my new demo reel for Mm. all of my character work. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I'll (laughs) I'll get to it. Just totally (laughs) blowing it off. Like, you know, looking back at that now, it's like, oh, if you only knew what you were blowing off, come on. (laughs) So because I kept sending her clips and she would send these clips to production, which, mind you, I'm sure is like John Favreau and Dave Filoni. And it's just like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Um, so <laughs> then after so many, you know, back and forth of sending clips, they're like, well, we'd like to, you know, for her to come in and uh, have a cold read audition with Seraph and casting. Now, at the time, they, we had, I had no idea what I was auditioning for. Um, and so I just went in for this cold read. I kind of sat there. They gave me, obviously after signing the NDA, they gave me my script and I sat in the waiting room and I'm looking around at all of the posters and it's all of these amazing, you know, big blockbuster films. It's like, (laughs) okay, I'm somewhere really cool. So, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know, I'm just going to give this everything I've got and, I definitely 
it is like you said, there are some things that are just meant for you. And to be honest, I connect so deeply with Quill. Um, not only having had a lot of experience, you know, training as an actor, but mm -hmm. I discovered yoga in 2001 and I had been practicing um, pretty, you know, very frequently, like at least four to five times a week. And then I discovered Bikram yoga and then I decided to go to teacher training. And so I've been teaching my yoga students since 2006. It's just oh, a wow. little side job, a karma job that I do. But that journey is very much the reason that I resonated with Quill, you know, and his wisdom. Like he is a teacher, that type of wisdom that he embodies. So mm -hmm. my karma job really did help me to understand and to be able to deliver um, for that, you know, role. <laughs> I, I feel bad because Misty's talking about uh, finding yo yoga. All I found was yoga, and I've had too much of it. But um, <laughs> well, on on Quill uh, and and Frog Lady as well, you've gone in. You've obviously signed this doorstop of an NDA, and you found out that you know what potentially this could be something pretty big. When you first saw, or when did you first see the concept art or or or, or the art indeed for Quill and Frog Lady? You know, what were your impressions? Because obviously, you know, Kawil, he's an ugnaught. He's a, he's a funny looking chap. So you know, what did you think when you thought when you first saw the character that you would be playing in the Mando? I was just like, OK, um, <laughs> I'm a male. All right. So, you know, um, and again, I've done a lot of work, um, both with uh, male and female characters. And yeah. so uh, how I I just I know how to uh, shift and adapt like the way that I walk and my gait and the way that I hold my body, mm -hmm. um, you know, that is obviously the very telling at first. And then for me, it, it has to do with obviously putting on the costume. Um, fortunately, you know, the weight of that costume helps me to really ground myself and, you know, move mm -hmm. slowly. Um, you know, cause he's about 150 years old. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just kind of incorporated from my stunt work. Um, one of the rehearsals I had done for a job, I tore my calf muscles. So I incorporated a limp on that leg, uh, which was, you know, part of, Oof. you know, his character. <laughs> so just go back and watch that now. <laughs> so just bringing these things uh, from my personal experience and my life to it. And then obviously it's like layers, um, you know, just one layer at a time. He's a male character. The weight of the costume helps to ground me to slow my movement. And mm -hmm. then the brilliance of Nick Nolte and his delivery of the lines that just he's amazing and it made my job extremely easy as far as <laughs> knowing and feeling my way through because um he is saying those words so i just match his timing so wow that is that is a lot isn't it because it, it <laughs> so much work goes into it and i don't think people quite realize how much work goes into it because i know when nick nolte was um kind of cast as well the voice anyway 
Um, I thought I was under the impression he was in the costume or they just put kind of like prosthetics onto his face. You know how they do that sometimes? And maybe they'd be doing kind of um, like some sort of other film cine- cinematic technique. But no, it's it's the mix of both, isn't it? So that yes. must have taken what that, that must have taken a while to learn to sync up the audio to to the to the to the movement of the mouth. Or was it the other way around? Um, they programmed at a legacy effects. They were able to program, um, the timing of some of it with the mouth, but I also had a puppeteer that was also adding some details to, Mm -hmm. uh, the lips and the mouth as well. So it did require me and, you know, at least two puppeteers, sometimes three, depending on the scenes and the wordiness of my character in the scene. And, (laughs) you know, fortunately for me, I've worked with, it was Stan Winston Studios when I began and when we worked on Congo. And then obviously over time, it's shifted to legacy effects. And I've been doing movies and commercials with these amazing artists uh, throughout my career. So We've already built a bit of a rapport. Um, But I think, too, when we, everybody, when we knew that it was Star Wars and obviously this very first live action series on television, we were so excited and really disciplined with, you know, getting to set early and having a talk amongst us, amongst our team uh, first, and then I would do, you know, the private rehearsals with mm-hmm. John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and uh, the director that we'd be working with. And my team was right there um, watching so that they could get a feel for my timing, what was happening in the scene. And then after that rehearsal, like uh, the other characters would go off to hair and makeup and I'd run to our puppeteering station and then we'd have a chat about the rehearsal and what we wanted to do together um and then nick nolte gave us the gift of saying the lines uh giving two to three takes of each line with little varying um pieces like uh punching a certain word or um a different energy you know, mm-hmm. given to the lines so that we could then map out and create his dialogue um, according to what, how the scene was kind of manifesting and coming together. So, yeah. And then after that, <laughs> I would have, they would put my, the contacts, which were Solera contacts in my mm-hmm. eyes. Um, then they'd let my eyes like kind of acclimate because <laughs> they would run, my eyes would run a little bit at first. Yeah. And, um, then they put the makeup around my eyes and then I'd put my costume on and then we'd go. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, that's, <laughs> there's a lot of love and dedication and from the sounds of it, tears that yes. go into it. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe, uh, maybe there's a lot of people that don't necessarily realize that. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I get the question often, 
how heavy was he? And just like, I don't know. I didn't weigh it because it's not like I would say, well, maybe not. I'm not going to do it now. You get the whole gear on and you're like, Dave, get it. Dave, get, get, get some for scales. Come on. Get some scales. Well, yeah, get some Bad scales. Bro, I want to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's not like I was going to walk away from it. So, you know, from after my very first fitting of feeling the whole of the weight, mm-hmm. I adjusted my workouts a little bit to a lot more cardiovascular workouts and a whole lot of squats with weights on my shoulders. So, <laughs> so I could handle the weight of the costume. Yeah, he was heavy. So <laughs> he's a heavy boy, he's a thick boy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with all of that work, um, attention to detail. As you say, the tears, all those squats. It must be, it must have been wonderful to hear in terms of Quill to start with, how much the fans took to the character. Because, like you say, we had the great Nick Nolte voicing, but but that's only what X amount of percent of the character. It's to me, obviously, the performance of the character and the mannerism. Same with whoever's behind the Mandalorian mask at the time. That's what I associate with the character is is the, ha- the hand movements, the kind of little salutes and kind of the demeanor, the way he carries himself, Kuwil. So it must have been pretty gratifying and pretty satisfying for you as well to you know, see the reaction to this character that you've you've brought to the to the well, say the small screen, the big screen you've brought to the screen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just been a very different experience uh, from you know, my first work obviously at Disneyland and, you know, into films and stuff like Congo and instinct and the country bears, uh, you want to, and I've always known that, that you want to kind of create, uh, the magic and breathe the life into these characters and the characters you is what you would want to be memorable to, you know, for the audience members And so, like, I've always, you know, pretty much throughout my career kind of have coasted (laughs) along uh, (laughs) and not people don't know, you know, uh, basically everything that I've done with, you know, during Mm. my time in this career. Um, And then, you know, oftentimes be like, whoa, you did that. Whoa, you did that. And you got to take William Shatner out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I did. Come on. Which, you know, uh, t- to be honest, that stressed me out because usually <laughs> when you do stunts, it's the stunt double, you know, yep. that you're working with. And I had no problem tackling him, but then they said, no, you know, Bill wants to do it. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, and I just did not, I, I was nervous because he's a, you know, superstar and uh, you can't hurt him so (laughs) (laughs) try as you might (laughs) yeah and i'll never forget the stunt coordinator because it was a timing thing with him and james spader and me coming at him and the coordinator was kind of off to the side and he's like i will never forget that i don't know how you did that but it's almost like you you move like a cat and you literally change your trajectory in the air in order to get him because the timing was <laughs> slightly off <laughs> and it's like oh, is that it you know and they're like yep we got it so it's like thank <laughs> goodness <laughs> wow. so, <laughs> so it was pretty funny <laughs> you know what we we talk about the legacy of Kuil, you know in the mandalorian i remember 
um a, a real standout memory for me when the mandalorian season one was coming out was i was talking to a few friends at the office about it and someone that i didn't really chat to that often um came over and said oh yeah you you've seen the mandalorian i was like Look, yeah of course you know i am <laughs> i am the i am the company star wars geek come on <laughs> and uh you know, they said, oh, man, you know who? What, what I really loved in The Mandalorian? I was like, yeah, go on. He said, I loved the person that went, I have spoken. That was the standout. <laughs> that was the standout for him. And it's funny how, and I think really with the show in general, it's become quite iconic. It's become like there are slogans on T-shirts from The Mandalorian. And although it might feel, you know, like ages away, it wasn't. It wasn't ages away, like in a quick amount of time, it's become a huge pop culture superpower. And it must be crazy, Misty. It must be absolutely mind-boggling to think, wow, yeah, that that is I'm integral to that. You know, I was a huge part of that. But really as well, to to to, to expand on that, we have to thank and think of people like John Favreau, Dave Filoni. But I also wanted to ask, what what was it like working with those guys and really dealing with kind of what the aftermath of this series was? They are the nicest people. Um, I mm. my very very first experience, you know, coming to rehearsal was with Dave Filoni, and you know, you're sitting there. In, across from him at the table and he's like this is a legend here <laughs> like, what am i doing so but you know just trying to stay focused and um and he's just so light and happy and joyous it just makes for a really good energy on set while you're creating mm. you know everything is just nice and light and you know he keeps the energy up and i just remember for season one, uh, the very first time you're introduced to Quill, uh, we had to, we shot that, I think, th on three separate occasions, you know, and he just would laugh and he's like, okay, we're going to try this again. Cause, you know, obviously, and I was like, I'm perfectly happy with that. I want it to be, um, we, I want us to get this right, you know, cause that first initial introduction of this new character, you know, you want people to be like, whoa, he's cool. So, yes. um, taking down so, a blog. Yeah, I was fine with that. And then John Favreau, you know, I remember someone asking a whole bunch of the cast, um, like, you know, did you have any of those like starstruck moments? And I'm pretty sure every single one of us down the line is like, John Favreau. <laughs> <laughs> I always yeah. feel like such a dork <laughs> when I'm next to him, nervous, and it's like, oh, and sometimes I'll like sit and watch my rehearsals and he'll be kind of within my eyeline. It's like, no. Just move <laughs> so, away, John. You can't kick John Pfeffer out, can you? He's just so cool and so nice, and I really connect with his style of writing. Um, I love it. I love the words and the, you know, monologues he gives me to say, you know, especially Frog Lady's moment um, mm. and her emotional little speech about what is happening to her. <laughs> like, I just went for it because for me, um, I'm underneath that costume. So what I'm feeling has to be able to, you know, 
come through there. And so I needed to be obviously much bigger emotionally. So I just, I did that and just remember I'm doing this in front of John Favreau and Pedro and uh, like Pedro at the end of it, he's like, God, emotional frog. <laughs> and it just made me laugh. <laughs> you Pedro, so, you naughty boy. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> well, so. at the end of season one, um, sad, and this, this actually was a sad moment as it was for, for the, for us fans when Kuil, he, he, uh, he goes out like a hero trying to get Grogu back to the ship, or as he was known then, Baby Yoda, back to the ship. Um, did you think that was it for you in The Mandalorian then? Because your character has uh, has been taken out by the stormtroopers and is, at, by the end of it, unequivocally shown to be gone. He's de- he did. Um, so were you worried or aware that you, were, that you wouldn't be coming back? Or did you know that you were coming back, you know, for uh, season two? I did not know. Um, I remember getting my scripts, you know, after all contracts and everything are signed and reading them and being just from page one, I was just like, oh, I'm hooked. I'm a fan. This story is amazing. And then it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I've got to focus because, you know, my character's in there, too. (laughs) Um, And then I got to the end of chapter seven. And I was just sat there, I literally started crying. I was like, no, because this character is so cool. And it was just it was so sad. And kind of just sat there in disbelief for a second, just because one is like, no, I just got to Star Wars. I don't want to go out just yet. <laughs> and two, uh, my second thought was, okay, uh, you have a limited amount of time to embody this character. So make every second of your time on screen, you know, for him, you know, for Nick Nolte, for Legacy mm-hmm. Effects, for John Favreau, for Dave Filoni, for the fans make it memorable. Uh, so I was just like focused to do the very best job I could. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, I did it and I'm, I'm proud of this. And then I just move on. It's like, some things are meant for you and some just aren't. So I had no idea, um, Mm. about season two. And then I was super excited when they called me. Let's talk about frog lady. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like you have a fitting with legacy effects it's like i do what when so yeah. <laughs> matt what was that i want that i want that recorded pepper, i want that recorded and put on spotify asap let's talk about right. frog lady um, <laughs> we'll do it well no let's talk about frog lady you know like i i love the episodes of frog lady in the mandalorian season two i I love pretty much all of the mandalorian as does a lot of the world evidently (laughs) especially seeing with uh it's getting so many emmy nominations congratulations by the way um now i i've got to ask misty um (laughs) there was a wee bit of backlash on uh episode two of mandalorian season two with the eggs did you get did you see any of that did you get any messages about that i mean how was that because your experience from season one was so positive but then maybe to have a little bit of a twitter crowd saying bits and bobs like, what was that difficult at all uh, for me it it's just it comes with 
the territory. Uh, to be honest, we really did not think that people would react the way that they did. Um, it was meant to be, I think, taken a little bit lighter. I, to be honest, I, cause I had asked the question, uh, he ate an entire frog in front of quail and Mando, like a live frog was jumping around yeah. and there, nobody was upset about that. <laughs> I know. But, um, you know, this, I guess, and I, you know, my personal, understanding of all of it was uh, he's a little baby um mm. and M the mandalorian mando he's he didn't come from a nurturing loving family dynamic uh he was also in a, a similar situation of just trying to survive mm -hmm. then these three characters are put in this you know moment in time where the stakes are high for them and they're just desperately trying to survive each minute. So it becomes about survival mode and he just, there's like a learning lesson. He doesn't know any better because he's a baby and he's hungry because Mando doesn't know how to feed him or be a daddy. So <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's just getting... <laughs> like, like, Oh yay, food. Yeah. And I love these. So, you know, it's like, and obviously the lesson was then learned and you saw it. Um, and also too, it gave this female character the opportunity to also teach and impart empathy and love and kindness um, yes. towards another being. So, yeah. you know, so I, it was okay I, I, with it. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, I, I uh, totally agree in short. I totally agree. And I agree. I agreed even back then with, with your thoughts. So yeah, it, it's a, it's a funny place, isn't it? The internet sometimes, but I can, I can imagine uh, that it can bring some stress, you know, just having the weight of like a role of like this, something like this, you know, it's kind yeah. of, it's hard to imagine, I think as a viewer, right? Because we're not in, in we're not in your industry. We're not actors. You know, it, and I don't think, again, just like with you're talking about the physical weight of, you know, some like uh, Kawil. Oh, was Fish Lady? Was Frog Lady? Why do I keep saying Fish Lady? God, get it oh, right, dude. Someone's going to get the wrong idea. The Frog Lady. <laughs> was the weight of Frog Lady as heavy as Kawil? Was that as tough? She was tough for uh, different reasons. Uh, she was hot. Like, that costume was very hot she for was. me. Um, not quite as heavy, but I was also blind in the animatronic head. So that proved to, obviously I've, I've worked blind before, uh, Congo, the animatronic head, you're blind instinct, animatronic head, you're blind, uh, country bears. So I have a lot of experience working in those types of heads. Um, what mm. was heavy was the, the crate. And that was tricky for me because Legacy had designed and built the beautiful hands and the space between thumb and index finger, um, even on our hands, it's the skin on hers was really, really soft and delicate. And I remember in, you know, shooting the opening scene, um, I was tearing 
that area because the straps were leather on the crate and the crate was so heavy. Um, I was trying to use a little bit of my arm strength to keep the weight off of my back. And then, you know, Tamara, who's one of the builders, she's like, can you try to not hold it like that? And so then trying to look like I'm holding it, but it just, I had to put all of the weight on my lower back. Um, that Mm. was, that was, that was intense. Uh, so yeah, she wasn't quite so heavy, but super, super hot, and the crate was heavy. So, <laughs> you know. It was. It, I, I, I love the look of Frog Lady when we, when we first um, saw her in, uh, in Chapter 10. And it, you mentioned, obviously, that you've got the, the, a female character who's got, essentially, got the weight of her, the world on her shoulders. To her, she's got the weight of her galaxy on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, and the. I, what I've noticed as well is there's a lot of love for Frog Lady. Firstly, because she's a boss. She's so cool. <laughs> um, but it, for that, you see the scene uh, in Chapter 11 where she is with Frogman, finally reunited. I'll get to that. But she's with Grogu, so you've got to act with Little Baby. But, you know, she they've got the they've got their spawn are there in the in the tub and they're playing together. It's, a, it's the one relationship in Star Wars that's lasted. It, the Star Wars has a, and fiction in general, has a bad habit of, uh, killing off the the female characters to provide some kind of uh, emotional stakes for the male to come up to, but in Frog Lady we don't have that, which firstly is good, but secondly we have that moment where she reunites with Frogman, which um, has become one of <laughs> just uh, from the reactions we've got one of the moments from season two that fans really resonated with because it was, as Anakin would say, uh, it was a happy moment. It was a happy moment of a character you know, having some good in their life in the galaxy. So when you're, when you're uh, filming those scenes and, and reuniting with Frogman, uh, at any point, are you thinking are people are going to absolutely love this or, you know, was it just another part of the scene for you? Uh, yeah, it was just another, it was a moment, uh, both myself and uh, my friend, John Cameron, who was my frog husband it's it's there's so much that we have to think about and do on top of just you know acting in the scene because he couldn't see super well I couldn't really see at all and you know trying to count our steps find our timing go through the way that and remember we were kind of and we worked together so much I've worked with him for years uh, at the Jim Henson company on mm. the television show, television shows, said the science kid and now word party. And so we built a rapport. So without even talking, it looked like we were kind of doing a dance, but we were going quickly through, you know, okay, we meet and then, uh, you know, you help me put the crate down and then we're down. And then I, you know, touch your face and then, you know, so it was this like whole little quick, fast dance that we did, but it's just us really going through as fast as we can because we can't see each other at all and you can't really feel. So, um, you know, blocking and doing that and then just trying to um, is another moment where, thank goodness, uh, my quadricep muscles are so strong because it was literally (laughs) a day of squats for me you know because the crate is heavy so you know squatting down and putting it down and then having our moment and then mando and grogu come in and then you know i put it back on my shoulders and press back up (laughs) so like literally (laughs) 
for every almost, day's a workout. I'd say, yeah, 12 hours that day running and squats is what it was all about. The <laughs> <laughs> so, glamorous life. Yeah. But I will say that's kind of the magic of Twitter for me was mm. um, all of the fans that made videos with 80s songs, like yes. 80s love songs. Yes. <laughs> oh, they're running I towards each other. Dying. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> you know, publicity department had you know, message me. They're like, you're trending on Twitter. It's like, oh, what? <laughs> so, well, you should have been. <laughs> yeah, that-, that was seriously one of my favorite parts is um, everybody is so talented and I'm all about, you know, uh, presenting positivity, kindness and love and respect for everybody. So that's what I always um, appreciate when, you know, I'm on social media and stuff. And so the fans are just the sweetest so um and just tagging me and sharing all of the fun videos <laughs> so mm. that's part of the fun isn't it that is yes. part of the fun and i think mayboy and i were joking um prior to this interview like this week we were like oh, man like when you think about it frog lady Frogman, they are like the only successful couple in star wars <laughs> like everything else ends in heartbreak unfortunately but there we go i mean when when you think about uh, the production itself, it, especially the Mandalorian, it's hard not to talk about the volume. What was it like working with that kind of technology? Because we again looking at say your IMDb page, when you look at your previous work, I, I'd imagine you'd not really seen anything like the volume before. I mean, no one had, right? That must have been crazy. How how was that? Um, shown to you the first time round? When I was, I went to the studios for a fitting, uh, Deb Chow actually was there and I ran into her and she's like, Hey, you know, do you want to come and see the volume? And I was like, what's that? (laughs) And uh, she's like, it's a nightclub. You just, you have to see it. And I was like, whoa, they were still obviously doing tests. So I didn't really see anything on the screens, but it's just like stepping into Star Wars. So it was, I felt very, very fortunate you know, you didn't have to use your imagination at all. You were there. Um, you know, the Jawa trawler, it was there. Jawas were there. Mm. Um, it really helped me. And it is very believable because I remember when we were shooting the chase scene back to the Razor, Qu- Razor Crest with Quill, um, you know, there are different time speeds of, you know, for the screens and everything is moving. And then we were going to getting ready to shoot me on the blurg, you know, moving as fast as possible. And I just remember Kim, our first AD is like, okay, you know, brace yourselves because the screen's going to start moving pretty fast. And I don't think everybody had heard that. And right in front of me, when it started, there were a few people that kind of did like this jump. <laughs> so, wow. and, uh, so yeah, it was really, it felt like I was there, you know, writing mm. the blurg and trying to get back to the Razor Crest. So it was amazing. <laughs> it, that technology looks unreal. The more I see of it, the more it's easy to sit here and think, man, why didn't they think of that before? But 
you know, technology wasn't there. And we're getting to that point now where I can watch something like Mando and it's very hard sometimes to kind of n- notice the volume to think, okay, they're not really on this lava planet or, or Quill isn't, isn't actually um, trying to shoot back to the razor crest. It, you know, you believe that it's, you believe that it's actually happening. Um, yeah. And so the two, the characters that you've played have, we've mentioned some of the, the fun moments or the I would, some of the iconic moments of frog lady and Quill. Question for you though, is out of all of your, uh, time spent on Mando season one and two. What's the kind of one? What do you have a favourite moment on set? Whether it is a scene sequence, like chatting to someone. What was the kind of the one memory you took away from it? Oh gosh, there are so <laughs> many. You know, I love every single day on set. Um, I will say one that was. It was, I think, because it was Halloween, and you know, our unit. Uh, was shooting well into the wee hours of that yep. night. Um, and it was the scene where, you know, Quill is taking Grogu uh, to the Blurg and we're going to try to get back to the Razor Crest. So it was that moment of, you know, Grogu over my shoulder and separating from Mando and, you know, that team. And so <laughs> when we were shooting that, obviously I have a team of three puppeteers Grogu has his team, you know, and this at this Aww. time and moment too, he was cabled. So there was it was a parade, you know. It was like, you know, and camera was on a dolly, and so it's the camera and that team. Grogu's team was on the left, and my team was on the right, and so we really had to um, work out timing of this whole parade of people, like <laughs> moving across the stage, and you know, of course. Anytime I got to interact with, you know, at that time it was Baby Yoda. I was so excited and so lucky lady. Yes, where I got to hold him and, you know, and and walk away and carry him. And I was just melting inside. (laughs) 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 Well, I I was actually going to ask with Grogu, or like you said back then, Baby Yoda. um, it, It was obviously a secret, wasn't it? And yes. really, it was like one of the best kept secrets in TV. Um, how on earth did you keep that secret? Because, I mean, did you not even take a selfie? Did you not like sneak in your iPhone and like, oh, <laughs> let me just snap a few photos of this uh, this cheeky lad? But uh, how no, was that? No way. I love my job so much. <laughs> Lucasfilm, uh, they aren't kidding <laughs> when they say no pictures, you know, no social media. Unless it's um, George Lucas. Yeah, you know, and uh, obviously if you were, but they just wanted it to be a, a beautiful reveal. So I was really happy that they were successful um, mm. in doing that because obviously – they, it was, you know, like anything, it could be risky and two, uh, they couldn't do any prototypes for any of like the squishmallows or any of yeah. the Grogu like dolls or figures or anything, you know, until obviously he was revealed. So I was excited and happy because I remember the first time I saw him, I was at Legacy Effects and they were building him too. And my friend Connie, she was doing the hair punch on his little fuzz 
on the top of his head and I mm. rounded the corner. I was just like, oh, is that, that, is that a baby Yoda? Yes. <laughs> no. And I was like, Busted. oh my God. <laughs> I was just like, I can't, I can't even. It's like people are going to lose their minds. <laughs> they did. And they yes. did. Yes. You're talking about a Grogu Squishmallow. I want a Frog Lady Squishmallow. So if anybody me out there knows where I can get one, get me a Frogmallow. Frogmallow? Yeah, we're going to call it a Frogmallow. Frog <laughs> I have some here for my daughters, but we need to get a Frog uh, Lady one. Um, yeah. I'm I, secretly right. hoping for a, a Frog Lady Pop, because I think the Pops are really cute. So they, I'm su- um, I am surprised that there hasn't been, I mean, to be honest, they have been slow on the uptake of getting certain things from Mando or it most all like the rise of skywalker out there but i think we'll be seeing we, we have to see more especially when season three starts they usually it's funny when the new season comes out they start you know backing up and releasing stuff from the <laughs> prior season um i would be remiss not to ask missy and you know you know what's coming next i've mentioned season three and i think we already know the answer but um <laughs> you know what what you got planned for season three have you uh you in it <laughs> <laughs> um uh, well i all i can say is my birthday was august 14th and you know obviously being a part of season three was my birthday wish so um <laughs> here's hoping that that comes true <laughs> fingers crossed yes wow wow so i'm gonna take that as frog lady returns with <laughs> with two huge blasters and she's back for revenge just expanding on that are, are you at all involved in any of the other star wars projects because we got like we got there are so many star wars projects coming out at the moment and there's a few i think uh, going on in uh, california so <laughs> obi-wan kenobi um what else is there Andor is in the uk uh, i think there's which one is it matty boy well, they're the, they're the ones mainly in production. Mando season three starts soon, so, so we're led to believe Ahsoka hasn't started yet. So. Oh, and there's Book of Boba Fett. That's the one I was forgetting. Book of Boba. Book of Boba Fett, yeah. Yes. yeah. Do you, I mean, can you reveal anything on those yet? Again, I know we're putting you on an awkward situation, <laughs> but listen, that's what podcasting's for, isn't it? Right. right. Come on. <laughs> um, I just know that it is going to premiere uh, December of this year. And I was very excited and, again, kind of, I guess you could say dumbfounded. It's like, why me? (laughs) Um, uh, The Star Wars Insider magazine is coming out in October. And uh, Quill, I did an interview with um, the Boba Fett fan club. And uh, they decided to choose to share that interview. So I'm excited about that. Nice. Yeah, and it kind of ties in, I, be- I feel, you know, with the anticipation of the upcoming Boba Fett series. So, Ooh, <laughs> yeah. okay, we will okay. Be, we'll be getting our hands on a Star Wars inside the next month, won't we? <laughs> yeah, Just for the comp, you heard it here. The Book of Frog Lady premieres next year. <laughs> um, last question then for me. It's a general Star Wars question. We always ask our guests this. Uh, out of all of the films released, which one is your favourite Star Wars film? Oh, man. That's a challenging one to answer. It's a two-part answer. (laughs) (laughs) Controversial. Um, Yeah, because for me, and obviously with my career, it all feels 
like this moment to moment meant to be kind of thing. I, Mm -hmm. when we were introduced to Yoda in the empire strikes back, I was just like, Whoa, you know, music. I I was, yeah. And just that, uh, training Luke training with Yoda. I was a gymnast and, you know, watching him do handstands and front tucks and his training and stuff. Uh, I was like, I could be a Jedi. (laughs) So I loved, uh, you know, the Empire Strikes Back for that very reason. But I'd have to say, uh, I don't know. Um, You know, Return of the Jedi was pretty magical. Yes. I was a little kid and um, I didn't understand trilogies. I was pretty upset (laughs) after (laughs) the Empire Strikes Back and I just couldn't understand why someone would freeze a person and a thing and, you Cut know. Hand off and- yeah, it was just, it was a lot. <laughs> so, um, getting to come back and watch the return of the Jedi, that was pretty amazing. So, you know, growing up with star Wars like that was just, you know, it was special. And again, the way that George Lucas uh, tells these stories and in the same way that now John Favreau is telling stories, um, it's inspiring and mm. it really does. I don't know. It has an impact. It had an impact on me for sure. So and now you're in it. Now I'm in it. <laughs> wow. How surreal. In the world. <laughs> how surreal. How surreal. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you misty i just have to ask one more thing now it's it's all well and good seeing uh you guys you know going to conventions and whatnot in the u.s but misty when is quill and frog lady going to visit a comic con in europe specifically london when when are you gonna come when are you gonna come to our ends to to london to visit us Oh man, as soon as possible, I would love to. Um, I love the UK and actually uh, some of my closest friends, they lived here in Los Angeles, this family, the Lucas family. I lived in a guest house and they lived in the house in front of mine. And we literally just became a little family together. Mm. And so, you know, and I've known their son Austin since he was two and Henry since he was born. And it's just like they're uh, in their teens now and obviously taking the Mandalorian journey with me. So we, you know, stay in touch and I just, they're in the UK and I love them and I can't wait to see them and to meet everybody, to meet the fans over there. So, because you guys are pretty amazing. Sorry about that. We have fans here (laughs) waiting to meet you. Well, it just so (laughs) happens that we kind of, we say to every, uh, every person that we have on the show, we say, look, let's meet up in the UK whenever you visit in London. We'll go for a pint and then go for a curry afterwards because believe it or not <laughs> indian food is the most popular food in britain now fun fact we absolutely reason. adore it and we take it quite seriously it is the oh, best yeah. food in the world i will uh fight to the death on that one so the offer stands <laughs> if uh if you ever fancy it you brendan wayne if you have the other mandalorian cast and crew you know if you ever fancy going for a few pints uh 
a curry and maybe some karaoke than the offer Brendan's is already on. signed up hasn't he he's, yeah, he, 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 he's basically <laughs> coming over whenever he can for that so <laughs> you know the offer's there the offer I'm is in. There. <laughs> I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan too yes. so oh. um, yeah. I just I adore that that is my favorite show and you know and again it's just this nice to see your culture and mm-hmm. The fans, you know, obviously, and it's just so sweet and endearing that, you know, he's a a football coach. But, I know. You know, football is a different sport a in the UK. Yeah, yeah you know, for starters, you don't use a football. You <laughs> yeah. use some mental alternative to a rugby ball. You don't over really there, use but, your feet oh, in the game either. Yeah. I mean, it's a run, I guess. But. Yeah. But do you know what? Ted Lasso's great. We'll let you off. Uh, and did you know, Misty, football nearly came home this year? <laughs> nearly did. It didn't. Italy beat England, but it oh, nearly did. So it nearly close. did. So yeah. there's always next year. There's always next yes. year. There's um, always next year. Misty, it has been absolutely awesome talking to you, talking the Mandalorian. We look forward to seeing you in whatever comes up in the future. I'm just going to leave that there but thank you so much for coming on and uh spending some of your valuable time with us yes thank you thank you so much luke and matt it was just uh so much fun to talk and laugh with you about all things (laughs) mandalorian and star wars (laughs) some some may even say this is the way it is this is the way and of course i have spoken Ah. (laughs) hi this is brendan wayne from the mandalorian and you're listening to star wars sessions probably britain's greatest star wars podcast misty (laughs) 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 how cool was she oh oh Oh, uh, little uh, Star Wars pun. I'm we trying. I'm trying to get the puns oh, in. I just want to do this again. Well, Legend Misty, thank you so much, so much for giving up your time on a uh, on a weekday afternoon, hopefully in the, uh, in this sunny LA, to speak to a couple of geezers over here. We really appreciate it, and we know all you lot are going to like it as well, aren't they, mate? Yeah, I, I, I hope so. But either way, it was good fun. It was good fun. You know, once again, Mandalorian, oh. you know, so good. So, so good. bringing that best car feel. But we have dropped the Essex Falcon out of hyperspace into the vicinity of our favourite dusty drinking hole. We need a drink. Uh, so, Luke, the only question that remains is, shall we? Right, let's do it, mate. So we're here in the band, Tina. Each week we sit down with you lot, the greatest listeners in the galaxy, and we pop open a couple of Kef beers and get your thoughts on our main discussion. But this week, in honour and tribute to Missy Rosas, we asked for your favourite puppeteered creatures, uh, and we got some decent replies, as you'd probably expect. Yes, we did, Matty Boy, and to kick us off is the legend himself, Paul Buckle, who said... 
puppeteering has always been top tier in the Star Wars saga, Sega. But I think you can't think about Star Wars in the modern era without mentioning all the great work from Brian Herring and the Creature mm. Effects team, who, of course, uh, I think when I see the, the name Brian Herring, I think BB-8. That's just yeah, it's synonymous the behind it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. with the sequels, they people say the sequels and their species, but they were great. And some of the effects and the yes. puppeteering there on this on the new species were great, mate. I said, mate, it's on a different level. It's on mm-hmm. a different level. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte Hammond said Jabba is crazy good. And I remember watching Return of the Jedi when I was younger and being absolutely terrified of him. <laughs> Even today, I think the prosthetics and puppetry hold up to modern day CGI. Mm-hmm. Matthew Bell, what a legend, also added the love for Jabba and OT Yoda and our boy Sith Slayer sent us this very cheeky message live from Galaxy's Edge, or should I say Bartu? Live from Bartu. He's actually in Star Wars, and he sent us this message. Matty boy, let's hear it. Bright Sun Star Wars Sessions. Hello, Matt and Luke. Uh, This is Sith Slayer. I'm reporting to you from Bartu today. Um... I'm currently at the uh, Creature Store, where I'm looking at all these fantastic uh, little souvenir puppets, and I thought I would weigh in on your uh, uh, upcoming episode about the uh, my, my favorite puppet from Star Wars, and um, there's so many of them. I mean, Jabba the Hutt uh, is iconic, obviously, in the original trilogy, all the ones that featured in the cantina. Uh, so many memorable puppets, uh, but my favorite, I think, has got to be um, OG Yoda, um, Puppet Yoda from Empire Strikes Back. Uh, just his facial expressions, uh, the wrinkles, the wisdom in his eyes, he just looks so realistic, and so lovable, such an iconic, timeless character. Um, I do think that he looks better than the CG version that came in the prequels for that reason. Um, just, just look a bit more lifelike, a bit more realistic. Uh, and I was very happy to see him back on uh, in The Last Jedi. What an absolute king. You, you, can, you can just hear the Star Wars magic coming through, can't you? I mean, mate. I'm so jealous. But yeah, the, the the comment was awesome. So thank you for sending that in, Sith. You naughty boy. Nice one, Giza. Batu seems busy in the background there. So have a Ronto roaster for me. Yeah, nice one for that, mate. Enjoy your time over there. Get back safely. Uh, we also received um, some love from the following. Essex Scott 97. Twin sons collecting uh, Queen Jinner. So and Dimsky, the Belgian Bond. They all said OT Yoda was number one. Jamie Richards and Paul Buckle as well mentioned the sea cow from The Last Jedi, the Thala Siren. Jake said easily jabber for an old school answer. This is a good one. In terms of modern, Lady Proxima was dope from Solo. Yes, and Luke Summerfield, King of Wales, said, I do love a bit of Babu Frick, voiced by the great Shirley Henderson, the Mm -hmm. Porks, and the OG Yoda. I think it's safe to say that the consensus are going with our boy, our little green geezer Yoda, as number one 
I'm, gl- I, I'm, I'm glad to see some love though for Lathala Siren for Proxima because we we saw that the other day and I'm pointed out saying that looks great. And the porks, the porks for me, dude. It's number one for me. My nipper loves the pork, so I'm always going to say those. But for me, uh, Jabba the Hut. I always have to make sure I say the right one. Hut is the is oh. the best for me. And just like Charlotte said, it holds up to uh, modern day CGI because Jabba was on set. You know <laughs> that this yeah. isn't new information, but he was there. You know, in terms of like lighting or blending in with his surroundings, he was the surrounding. So he had something tangible to play off and. The work they did, the amount of puppetry and effort that went into just making that big old slug look alive, it was even even now is astounding. And if they ever do bring back a hut or Jabba the Hut for some show set before Jedi, I hope they go back to something like that and don't kind of yep. mix it up with CG because they set the bar in Return of the Jedi and in Phantom Menace and all the specials, he looked frankly awful. So I, I'm going Jabba. Who? What's your favourite um, puppeteered creature, my man? Oh, what a question. What a question. I, I'd be lying if I didn't say Yoda from The mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back specifically. I absolutely adore that. Um, I really love Grogu. You know, I'm surprised. I think some people, because that still kind of counts as puppeteering, doesn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, right? So, because it's... it's practical practical mm-hmm. fact practical so I, th- I do think grogu is absolutely magical and i, I i'm gonna say a lot of the stuff from the mandalorian kawil kawil looks just so good he looks so good yeah. there's so much i think mm-hmm. right and i do think this could be reflected in the comments there's so many good uses of puppeteering in star wars that some people forget that they're puppets like they just it kind of goes over their head a little bit so with yoda we obviously know there's that legacy with frank oz Mm -hmm. you know there's kind of we 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 do think of the kind of puppeteering the the revolutionary use of puppeteering you know in empire and in the original trilogy that we kind of forget that actually in this modern era there's so many cases of just brilliant pure like animatronic and puppeteering magic so that is my crazy long answer to that matey boy what would you say mate no, it's a jab of the hut mate jab of the hut is mine and to yours i agree mate there's something about the magic of yoda isn't there though you can't and what Frank Oz managed to do with that, and how many times has Mark Hamill said that he didn't realise, mm. you, you just forget you're acting opposite a puppet because it was so lifelike, and bringing the puppet, the original puppet, back for The Last Jedi was a stroke of genius, and hey, look, I like C.G. Yoda, but when you know when you know he's there on set, that is, mm. that's that's as good mm. as it gets, and I'm so looking forward to Andor, Kenobes, um, Ahsoka's, and all these shows coming out, honestly, to see the new species, or what puppeteering imagination we get on those shows as well um shout out to everyone in takadana and the cantina on moss Eisley as well some of which we've spoken to uh, the amount of work that goes into those are unreal so yeah i agree with everything you said there mate it when when it when you when you genuinely believe it's there then that's the magic of the movies and yeah. all streaming now and star wars has always been at the forefront of that so uh, thanks Luke for your answer and for everybody else as well uh, Sif Slayer thanks for your voice message everyone who didn't get their uh, response read out this week please do continue to send them in and we'll do everything we can to get your voice heard on a future edition of the Bantina for extra content go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions you know it's going to be 
Best podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. It is the spiciest part of the Budabot Bantina. It's the Patreon question section. Matty boy, are you ready for the filth? Yes. Let's go. Let's go it. Let's go it. Let's let's <laughs> let's. Yeah, there we go. That's more like it. Let's <laughs> do it. Um, Admiral, Admiral. What? What's Here going we go. on? We've, we've lost dra- it. Mate, we've had too I've much had, fun. I've had too much uh, spotchka. Um, Admiral <laughs> Jack Bar, the yeah. lad bar, says you're an imperial officer dealing with a group of rebel insurgents. Imperial shipments have been raided. Convoys attacked. Your troopers killed. <sighs> your Oh, your efforts have stopped some attacks, but with no long-term success. Your superiors are displeased, to say the least. Things are looking up, though. You've managed to capture three rebel fighters and are holding them for questioning. How will you get them to talk? And how will you eliminate the infestation that is the rebel uprising? Showing once and for all that the Empire will not lose your future as an imperial is on the line matty boy go glory to the empire um right first thing i would do is uh you, you've got your probe droids and you've got that that hover droid that you know stabbed layer with those truth serums and all that in a new hope or you could threaten them with vader that's the obvious one you don't talk i'll get the boss in you don't want to mess with the boss However, I would do something a little out of the blue. I would get them smacked up on spice. So they would be so off their heads that they would have to talk. You know what I mean? They would just be in another realm of the galaxy. So that is how they talk. And also, apparently, spice is a much sought-after commodity in the galaxy. So you're offering them some kind of like leisure activity. So, you know, a bit of spice and a couple of Kef beers. And I think we can get them talking. And in terms of how I eliminate the filth that are not the good kind, that is the rebel scum, I would do. I would use their tactics against them. I would infiltrate the rebellion. I would. I would defect. Uh, I'd imagine it depends on how uh, high I am within the empire. They may not even know who I am on the rebels. If they did, I would do whatever it took to um, to prove my worth to them. But I would infiltrate them, and then when they get together in Mothma. <laughs> fail or Organa all those people get together and plant in a thermal detonator underneath that table boom long live the empire so I would infiltrate and in terms of getting them to talk I would uh, <laughs> I would basically yeah give them a give them some spice uh, and once they go off into their spice stream I think we'd be able to get what we need out of them so uh, that aside yes that hover droid or threaten them with Darth Vader but what about you mate well you know space balls oh, yeah I do know space balls well, you know, Spaceballs, I would sit them in front of a TV because I have TV in Star Wars and I'd be oh, like, they do Spaceballs, please. They go, oh, yeah. <laughs> what is this? It? And I'm like, yes, this is it. This is all you. This is it, mate. Put it in the DVD player. Loop it. Just loop it. The trick is I've drugged them so that they're awake. <laughs> you spiced them up as well. Like, how long can you keep someone awake till they die? Is it like three days or a couple of days it depends on how much sustenance how they get long how long can you live without sleep Should, all right i'm googling that now let's the go longest for, let's go six days hang on what 
The longest recorded time without sleep is 11 consecutive days. Wow. So it wouldn't take long, Matt. Wouldn't nope. take long. If you've and got with space days. balls, with space balls going on in the background, it you know you, that's going to be probably half a day because people can only take about three three watches of that. In fact, that's probably all people need to watch it in their life. I'd imagine so. Otherwise, just sit him down in front of Batman versus Superman, and suddenly they'll tell you whatever <laughs> they want. Please get this off. <laughs> It's awful. You didn't, you didn't like Batman vs Superman. Uh, I did not know. I thought the extended edition was better. Yes, they added more to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. But you know, spaceball. Like you don't meet people who are like, yeah, I've seen spaceballs three more than three times. <laughs> They're off and out out there. Yeah. Do you remember we wanted to well, Ryan Johnson's one? To- talking talking of which we we uh we did try to interview a guy dressed up as a space Bulls character at mcm comic con in 2019 <laughs> and he out of all the people we tried to interview he said no yeah he's the only and one I, I and, I, and i did say oh you know it's only a laugh can be like short one he goes no i'm like it's right off it was, I even, everybody else did even even our even our Iden versio cosplayer who'd uh who'd been on the gin great interview and everyone was up for it and then uh, yeah was, well even the guy who's dressed as a even the guy who's dressed as a guy like from van helsing or something <laughs> um i i went up to him pretend like kept saying he was dressed as dave, dave Filoni. <laughs> even he played along you know the, so the best interview we got was with um this little uh this little little kid little girl i believe who was dressed as ray really great cosplay and the parents were really proud you know of you know, of how the attention that this kid was getting for how good a cosplay was Microphone was turned off, wasn't it? So uh, the interview was... And also when we spoke to uh, our friend David, uh, you spoke to him about 10, 15 minutes in depth. Microphone was turned off, wasn't it? We've learned from our lessons. (laughs) Luke was... To be fair, Luke had their microphone both times. (laughs) Was it both the times? Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I always say to them, you've got to ask which one, yeah? (laughs) Well, listen, hopefully... Has it happened since... It has not happened since. Well, there we go. I can redeem myself good this lad, year, good man. maybe. <laughs> good if they times. don't cancel it. So, yeah, two all years right. ago, man. There we go. There we go. There's my answer anyway. Spaceballs on loop Spaceballs with drugs. So, spice, basically. We're basically, we're spicing them up. Spice up their lives. Uh, Jack Bar, mate, okay, we want to hear yours. Uh, we want to hear everyone else, everybody else's answer to that scenario. So, uh, Snack Bar, thank you very much, mate. Uh, and now moving on to somebody I know quite well. Uh, Sean Hudson, heard of him, brother, DNA line. He said, what's up, baby Hud and the King of Fringe? So the war is over, and for your services to the rebellion, you have both been gifted a uh, decommissioned ATAT slash ATAT for you to convert into a luxury two-up, two-down apartment. Sabine Wren is on hand to help you decorate both the inside and a luxury job on the outside. Where are you putting your ATAT slash ATAT as a holiday home, and how are you making it into the ultimate lad pad? Keep it spicy. And of course, everything always comes down to a strong execution. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Over to you, big boy. Right, okay. Um, I'd probably sell the AT80 and buy a townhouse <laughs> in London for starters. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you only cover half of it. Yeah, that is very true, unfortunately. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, Pipe dreams, my friend. Pipe dreams. Yes. Um, no, well, this is the thing. You have to be respectful to the the eighty eighty, and surely you have to keep a lot of original features, don't you? So I'm going to make it an imperial theme. Um, 
However, Shawnee boy, maybe I'll have to put in a few rooms. There will, there will be a geek room slash office slash guest room. Guest room. Because Mrs. Insists that we go have guests. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to have some cool, really groovy toy display. Yeah. Uh, collection display. Do you remember, Matty Boy, you saw, oh, yeah, we're not collectors, I'm not collector. The like, first half of the sh- of the uh, sessions was that. Yeah. The second half is, look at what we've been buying. This, it's now, wow, look at that Power of the Force figure. Oh. <laughs> Five pound gin or so. Yeah. <laughs> that Phantom Menace toy is so good. <laughs> oh. So good. Thank you. Danny um, Boy. It's true, though. I actually love the Phantom Menace line. I can't you even do like play. those. I, I, I would have um, some other bits and bobs, you know, maybe have a mid-century room, have like a Victorian room. But really, you've got to keep it Imperial-themed. It has to be cohesive, uh, Shawnee Boy. I mean, talking about Sabine Wren, like, I, 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 Sabine's just going to come in and graffiti the place. <laughs> yes. One, one of the first things I do is kick her out. Like, right, you can clear off. You can clear right off. Kicking I, Ren out. I'm going to get like Kaminoan in. Be like, look, Kaminoan, let's like master this minimalism thing you've got going <laughs> on. Absolutely minimalist. Camino, you can clear right off, Sabine. You're just going to be like, oh, I'm doing art. <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah, you can do that on the build side of a building in Shoreditch, but someone else is uh, here. <laughs> yeah, not, not here. Thank you. So. That would be me. What about you, Matty Boy? Well, what well, you, you didn't, answer the, didn't answer the first part, mate. Where Hang on, are you what? going to? Uh, where are you putting it as a holiday home? Where oh, in the galaxy are you putting it? No, in? no. I did. I did actually have. I did actually have an answer to this. Um, probably uh, one of the lakes in Italy. Probably Lake Garda. Lago nice. di Garda. Probably nice. Garda. Naboo, uh, isn't it? So, yeah, well, basically, yeah, basically. So that's where. That's that's probably where I'll. Uh, but that's the thing with an eighty eighty. I could just go somewhere else if i wanted yeah. you know nip over to um peterborough whenever i want <laughs> love a bit of peterborough yep yeah which bit is of peterborough. i don't know let's do how can we how can we translate that joke to america oh god um, um how do you do really random... the americans or people of peterborough um i i suppose it's like omaha um yeah <laughs> Okay. That's in Nebraska, isn't it? It's Omaha, Omaha Nebraska. Yeah, it's it, Omaha, you know, Nebraska, Peterborough yes. is very much your your standard kind of suburban area. Basically, yeah. it's kind of just there, With, like most places. It just, uh, just, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 so. it's, it's a funny. It's a nice place, but uh, yeah. my my Peterborough reference was just pretend to ha ha ha, just like ha ha. Yeah, yeah. everyone from so, Peterborough just sh- dig it. Sh- yeah, there we go. No offense. I'm sure we've got a listener or two in Peterborough, so yeah, big up, man. big up. Send us send us a selfie with the Peterborough sign. Yes. Send it. DM it to us. Shawnee um, boy, Matty boy, what are you gonna say about Sean's um, question? I'm not kicking Sabine out, she can stay, that's all right. Uh and get decorating, be great job. I'd have a mural to the sessions, I'd have a spray paint a bligh and a HUD, like she did at the end of Rebels with all the gang. Aww. But it'd be better because it'd be us. Um yeah. right, mine's gonna be on Endor because I love Endor. Uh, it's peaceful. It's, it's surrounded by nature. It's going to smell like pine. Uh, what I'd have is I'd, is, I'd, is I'd crash the damn thing, basically, and have the the head of it kind of angled up towards the sky. So the, the seats at the front actually end up being 
uh, you can sit in them and look up at the stars with a big old um, viewing window thing, whatever it's called. The uh, what's that thing called? Uh, windscreen. That's it. The eighty eighties windscreen. Yeah, it'd uh, yeah, be like a, quite romantic, quite nice. Have some like get some LEDs up there. A uh, little nightlight. I'd have a, a um, little cocktail bar installed as well. It would just be me, I imagine. Um, I would also have. I'd do what you do as well. I'd have a lad. He'd have a geek room, wouldn't he? You'd have some arcades in machines in there. Aww. I'd have a great collection of dead stormtrooper helmets as well um, from Endor. So I'd nick some off the the Ewoks. But I'd have some local customs in there. Some Ewok scarfs, um, some spears. But I'd try and make it as groovy as possible. I'd have a, I'd have a really good little dance room, so I'd get some people around, have a party, <laughs> have a dance, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> have a dance, get the lights. A bit like the Lego holiday special last year, where everyone's just having a dance on Life's Day. Um, and yeah, I'd have arcade machines. But yeah, mainly it'd be just a, it'll be a relaxed pad, looking out over the stars and the lakes of indoor. And to be quite honest, mate, that doesn't sound half bad to me. So uh, kind of fancy that now, actually. That's lovely, mate. That yeah. is beautiful. Hang on, was the question where would be be living in universe? Of course, in the real Star world. Wars sessions, right? It's, I'll stick with Naboo then. I'll stick with <laughs> yeah. Naboo. I always it, say Naboo, but I'm not. I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to change it. You can't, you can't make me change it, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Well, I didn't say Canto Bite bit of me. I didn't say that because other than Canto Bite, Cantonica is a dump. It's a barren wasteland. Um, so I didn't want that, but indoor, there's plenty there to keep you going. So, yeah, no, boy, right, again, enough. we want to know what you think. We want to know what everybody else thinks. You've got an ATAT, where you're putting it, what you're doing to it to converse it. Uh, Jack Barr's uh, scenario three rebels, hey, getting the talk, hey, taking down the Rebel Alliance. Let us know. However, for this week's edition, episode, Sojourn into the Bantina, that is that. Barman, sorry about the miss. But apologies for you. We are going to be back again, same time again next week here in the Bantina. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions game. Game. Yes, that is right. It's the it's, it's the best part of the week. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. It is how we end every Star Wars sessions. We do a cheeky game this week. It is my turn to host. Matty boy, are you ready for this week's filth fest? I'm looking forward to this week's game. Boom. All right. Okay. This one is called. Was it? Ooh. Question mark. Was These it? could be right. All wrong facts about Star Wars. And you have to go, hmm, was it? I think it was. Or, hmm, I think it wasn't. Basically, yes or no. Um, Are you ready, Matty boy? We're going to be testing some knowledge here, big boy. Right. Let's do it. Okay. (laughs) Question number one, or fact number one. Yoda was almost played by a monkey. Yes or no? Oh, was it? Uh, uh, was it inaccurate to, to say that statement? What do you mean? I don't think he was, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like Matt's dedication to the was it. I, I, mate, I respect it. I really respect Thanks, it. Thanks, uh, No, he wasn't. <laughs> so, Imagine Mark Hamill with a monkey. 
No, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. You said no, wasn't Yoda was all... Yes, no, he was. He, he was, was going to no, be played by getting, a monkey. Yes, yes, he was going to be. They did consider him uh, playing oh. a monkey. Sorry, matey boy, first oh, one wrong. This is why George and these people around to say, no, George, mate, no. Boba Fett, Boba Fett, was nearly going to be called Quan Sket. <laughs> Quan <laughs> Sket. Quan, was it? Uh, was it a load of old cobblers? I'm not going for that one either. No, he wasn't going to be called Can Square. Or <laughs> Quan Split, of course. No, no, no. No, that, that, that's right. That is a wasn't. <laughs> a false. Yeah. <laughs> We've yes. made a. How have we made true and false? How have I made true and false complicated? We, um, we, we do that quite a lot on this show. Right, okay, so you've got one wrong, one right. Okay. Uh, the word Ewok is never actually said in the original trilogy. Oh. Oh, oh that's a filthy question. A filthy one, yeah. that is. Um, Ewok, Ewok, Ewok. Um, oh, wow. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a hat trick and say was it not said in the original trilogy? No, I don't think it was. How do you feel on this one, my boy? Are you confident? I'm not entirely confident because I'm imagining somebody blurted out at one point, but I can't remember them saying unless C3PO said it. But I'm gonna go with my guts and say was it not? No, he didn't. False. Matty boy. Yep. Ewok is never said yes! in the original trilogy. Yeah. Two out of three, my friend. Two Ooh. out of three. Okay, are you ready for the next one? <sighs> yeah. Ram Bergman, producer of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, um, worked, well, famously worked on The Last Jedi along Ryan Johnson. What people don't know is he actually worked as an assistant on Episode Three: Return of uh, Revenge of the Sith. I've completely butchered that. I've, but, I got what you were yeah. saying, though. Um, yeah, yeah. I am. Go- oh no, I'm going to say. Uh, was it false to say that? I don't think that's true. That's right, mate. Yes, it has nothing I've, to I've do with everything. <laughs> nothing. Nothing to do with the fact uh, I've completely butchered it. I'm sure. <laughs> um, yes. No, that is true, mate. You're. 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 No, you're right. You're yes. right. It's not true. You're right. You're yes, right. Thank you, mate. Um, the original Star Wars and 2001 A Space Odyssey had the same production crew. Was it? Wasn't Ooh, it? Uh, was it? Was it, uh, <gasps> was it correct to say that? I believe that's true. How do you feel? I'm sure some of them worked on it anyway. I'm going to go, you yeah. Are, you are... Bang on, you naughty boy. You are absolutely <laughs> smashing boy. this, mate. I've got the first one wrong, though, mate. So we, you know, just to um, get rid of the tr- any chance of 100 again. But this is good. I'm enjoying this. You're liking it, mate. Yes. Are you having fun? Are you having fun? I'm is it, having a good w- time. Oh, would you say it's good or would you say it's... Um, I'm sure there's another way of uh, putting this across. So oh, good. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 hero. Yeah, yeah hero. hero. <laughs> um. The Mandalorian series, <laughs> pitched by John Favreau mm-hmm. to Kathleen Kennedy, was going to be directed by Ryan Johnson. Was Ryan it? Johnson, or wasn't it? Uh, 
Was it not going to be directed by Ryan Johnson, Full Snow? Well, it's come out in the last few hours that actually that was true. Oh, can you imagine? I'm only joking. I've made that up. (laughs) Oh, I knew because I know he said he wanted to do one episode. He'd happily do one, but the whole thing. No, for me, I'd love it. But um, I, w- I wanted yeah. to see. I wanted to see your reaction. Oh. <laughs> no. uh, Matty boy, you have absolutely smashed that today. You've got obviously had a bit of a wobbly start, but all in all, I think you pretty much got everything else right, didn't you? Yeah, pretty much was right. it? Pre- uh, yes, everything. Yeah, everything but yeah, the girl. Oh, everything I'm but ju- the first hang on. one. Hang on, I've got one more. I've nope, got one more. Nope, nope. I've got one more. I've got one more. Okay, you ready? Can I take that horn back? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right, okay. Depending on the episode, right, depending on the episode, Yoda has a different number of toes. Oh, that is... Uh... Oh, that's a dirty one. Um it's dirty. Your head says... Say no. puppet, back on the puppet that theme. He's back on it. Your head Side says no. The puppet theme. Because... How could they? How could you have such a massive oversight? But the magic of movies is that the, some of the oversights are so unreal you can't believe it's happened. Um, mm. We're talking about film here only. Yes. Yep. No, I, I, no, I can't believe no, it. No, was no. it false? My friend, it is true. <laughs> I can't. I knew there would Yoga be some has weird curveball. A different there. number of toes. In the Star oh. Wars films. Oh, I'm not having uh, that. I was thinking that the other day. Isn't it funny how in cartoons they've kept up with the fact that there's four four fingers. Mm-hmm. Well, well, three fingers and one thumb. Like, what's all that about? Like the Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. So Oof. there we go, Matty boy. Uh, all in all, smash that, I think. Yeah. You are, you that, are just so good. Yes. Great game, mate. What a way to end another show. Do you know what the best fit, best part of the sessions is? Firstly, all of it, but ending on a game, and especially a game like that, mate. So, good one. Good job. Good job. Good job. We love it, don't we? Obi-Wan. <laughs> you do. Obi-Wan Kenobi. We say that many times a day, don't we? Good yes, job. Yes, mate. We, what we do. actually, Mayboy and I actually send that gift to each other a lot. <laughs> At least what once we, a day. Is good that the one we do the most, do you think? It is do I now. send you good job? It is now. It's become that. It's not even the GIF. It's just in capital letters. Good job. Yes. Well, we know what we're talking about when we send that. Like, exactly. You know, good job. Pretty cool yeah. memes, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get much better, does it? Doesn't get much better, mate. Doesn't get much better. But no, what a show, man. What a show. Loved it. No, doesn't get much better than it. Doesn't get much better than Misty. Misty. Misty Rosas as well. So, Misty, <laughs> you're an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming on, giving your time, uh, and, and feeding us all that good stuff about yourself and the Mandalorian. So uh, they say no one's ever really gone. We're not. However, that is that. For this episode of Star Wars Sessions, number 130 and counting each and every week. But the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone, as I say. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. You can search for us Just search Star Wars Sessions on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We will be there. Do you fancy sending us a cheeky message or voice note? Send it to hello there at (laughs) starwarsessions.co.uk. And don't forget about that Patreon, guys, from 
$2 a month, less than a cup of coffee from a coffee shop. You can get loads of filthy, great, spicy content. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Yeah, and we're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor FM, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any podcast provider in the entire galaxy. You search for it, you're going to find us there. You're also going to find us on podchaser.com, which is the IMDB for podcasts. And on all of those, whatever platform you listen on, if you do have a spare 30 seconds, we would absolutely adore and we'd love and appreciate a five-star review if you like what we're doing here on the sessions. It gets more listeners in. Uh, it means we get to engage with more like-minded Star Wars fans out there. So if you do have a spare 30 seconds, we'd love those five stars. Yes, please. We love a good Apple podcast review. So we've got to start reading those out, a couple of those out maybe yes, sometime, because we've got we'll some do. funny ones as well. We've you got know. some on the front uh, front page of our website, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll push them out on the show from next week. We'll do, we'll do a few. We'll do a few. All right, okay. <clears throat> and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum. Tell your dad. Tell your mates. Tell your cat. <laughs> tell... <laughs> frog lady tell your cousin tell your ewok the more the merrier the castle spicier tell the person who writes the best apple podcast review they get a signed picture of luke bly that this is the podcast you're looking for so until next time from me see ya and from luke may the force be with you always luke luke wristy mosas (laughs) oh frady oh yeah that's a good one Essex-based podcast heroes... Spoken. Tell that to Kanja Club. <laughs>